0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Sugar Coated Murder Podcast, a brilliant true crime
1: podcast
0: hosted by two zany sisters, all while baking up delicious treats in their kitchen. Here are your podcast hosts, Karen Devaney and Ann Varner. like you got something big going on in my I kitchen. Got happening in the kitchen, girl. What you doing? I am making something called an Italian, cher- Hold on. <laughs> an Italian cherry pound cake. Wow. And it has cherries and almond and it's going to be really yummy. I cannot wait. I can't wait either because I love cherry. Me too. And I love pound cake. Me too. So I mean to combine the two, it's to me it's genius. I yeah. love it. So yeah, I got this on a website called Hmm Giazzi. Okay. Giazzi. 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 Yes. So it's very Italian. Italian. Yes. And um I'm also <coughs> getting uh-uh. sorry. I'm also getting ready to make you and I a liquor drink.
1: Oh I do enjoy a liquor drink.
0: Uh, do you have any highball glasses?
1: I do. They're behind the coffee filters. What? If anybody breaks into my house and you want to take my highball glasses, they're behind my coffee filters. Or filter. if you just
0: want to make a liquid drink while you're breaking in and you want some you want the right highball glasses, then that's what you get. You yeah. gotta go behind the coffee filters.
1: Indeed you do. All
0: right, well. Well, welcome to Sugar Coated Murder Podcast, Mamet.
1: Yes, welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome, welcome. It has been a splendid splendid weekend. We attended the Savannah Crime Expo this weekend. Oh, was that ever fun? That was a lot of fun, I have to say. So much fun. I'll be excited for it next
0: year. Me too.
1: I think it's just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger.
0: This year was kind of its... Start. It tried to get it start in 2019, and then the old COVID hit and it ruined everybody's day. Right now, she's got it going on. I'm hoping it, it. it grows and grows, and I think my whole entire family wants to go next
1: year. Oh wow!
0: So, yes. Yes. Yeah, so we talked got about to it so much.
1: We got to listen to Dr. Henry Lee. He talked
0: about some. Oh gosh. Some and, yeah. Interesting stuff. And yes, if anybody knows anything about forensics, he is the forensics. Dude.
1: Oh my gosh! And he's got such a sense of humor. I love him. He's
0: adorable. Yes, he really is. And his wife, O M G, don't get me with Oh, Angel. Angel. So that, sweet. She is so sweet. So, so
1: we—that was a lot of fun. And, uh, and
0: we listened to Dr. Catherine Ramsland.
1: We did. She talked about writing the autobiography for BTK. That was crazy, and it kind of gave me the creeps a
0: little.
1: It was very creepy to listen to her talk about how manipulative serial killers and i would imagine killers in general can be yes but when you're doing interviews with them and
0: um how organized he was yeah well i mean he started out not really as organized as he thought he was right which i thought was funny that you kind of called that out
1: well he felt like he was more in control than he really was but that's all about ego right
0: all about ego Yes. So um,
1: that was very interesting information that we got from her. Yes. Thank you you so much. Uh, Cheers to you. Yes. And another case, another thing we got to listen to were the folks from CSI Atlanta. That
0: was amazing. They were
1: there to talk about a cold case uh, for the murder of Tammy Renee Jackson. And that lovely lady is was from Savannah, Georgia, and was murdered in 1994. she was 17. When she was 17, yep. She was stabbed 130 times. Yeah. Um, tied up. She was not sexually assaulted. But they were talking about how very, very close they are with DNA evidence. And, they, and that's exciting. The, her sisters were there. Our one sister spoke. Her twin sister was in the audience. They also had the investigator there to talk about progress that she's made on the investigation. I
0: thought it was interesting when she talked about how many investigators had had that case already. yeah. And how, you know, you have to go back and look at what the other investigators have written their notes and stuff. And you're talking about eight different people, potentially, that have written notes and opinions and stuff like that. And then, you know, she has to decipher all that. But with advancements... In technology and DNA and just the difference in the way they investigators approach a case now she's almost having to go back and redo what they did right to carry it forward yeah so um, that's that to me is pretty amazing it's I mean I just thought it was so interesting to listen to that
1: yeah and, and the CSI Atlanta folks were really interesting to listen to all of the products that they sell 100% of the proceeds go to help solving toll case murder.
0: Yes, and right
1: now. And right now the focus is on Tammy.
0: Yeah, so everything that they're doing and everything that they're selling is going to her case because they've got, they've got to send stuff out to private labs because the state labs are so backed up. Right, otherwise it's going and to it take a years. Yeah. So it's not a priority case in the state lab right now. Right. So So
1: what was really fun was a very famous person supports this whole thing. And um, to raise money, sometimes they do a wine and crom in Atlanta where they get investigators and a bunch of half-looters together and they drink wine and they talk about different croms. And the fellow that plays a young Joe Kenda was there he was in the audience, and
0: it he was came so up, yeah, and
1: he talked, and people got to get autographs with him. And his wife was, was there. there. Yep. Yeah.
0: She's kind of a badass, like yeah. her. Yep,
1: yeah, absolutely. So. so that was kind of fun. Um, they had their Emmy that CSI Atlanta had won an Emmy. Yes. And they had the Emmy there that people could hold, and we did, <laughs> not, we
0: did not do that. We didn't, but you could hold it and get a picture taken with it and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it was pretty cool just to see it. Yeah.
1: It was pretty cool. So it was a fun
0: day in Savannah, Georgia. It was fun. We had a great time. And like like we said, next year is probably going to be even bigger. I hope so. And I hope maybe some people, even some of our listeners might be interested next year. Our going. listeners
1: might be interested. Our fellow podcasters might be interested in looking into a booth. Yeah, it like, can
0: be a vendor, it can there. Like a vendor
1: there. There are some other podcasters there. Yeah. It was fun So yeah, it was a good time. All right. Good well, time, you time keep all. on bacon and getting your stuff together. I'm gonna drink and talk to you about a tell you
0: this is a good drink and I'm halfway done
1: already. Oh my gosh, I haven't even had my first set. I know. Get to getting girl. Oh gosh, that is delicious. Isn't it delightful? Wow. Okay, here we go. Megan Lindowski was a typical teenager. She was an incredible ballet dancer, studying at the prestigious Governor's school. When she was 15, her mom and stepdad noticed a change in her personality and saw a drop in her grades. Oh. Megan's stepdad, Chris, was in the Navy, and he approached the change in Megan with a demand that she say, what's happening? If you oh. don't tell me what's happening, I'm going to fix it.
0: Fix it? I think me. that
1: meant she was going to be punished. Oh, <laughs> You okay. need to pull, pull it together. Pull it Tell it me what the heck is are. going on, and we're going we're gonna to solve this, and if you... Continue to stay quiet. There are going to be consequences. That's what I think. Eventually, Megan broke down and told him that his friend Robert Hickey, who was also in the Navy, had been touching her inappropriately. Megan's stepfather took her straight to the Portsmouth Police Department so they could file a report. They were put in touch um, with the Special Victims Unit at the Portsmouth Police Department. Megan told Sergeant McDaniel with the department what had been going on with Robert Hickey, unfortunately, in the state of Virginia, the age of consent is 15. Ah. So the only thing they could charge Hickey with was a misdemeanor. But, Sergeant McDaniel decided to reach out to NCIS, and that is the Naval Crime Investigative Service.
0: Yep. Yeah. And he filled them in on the case. And that is a whole new ball. Game a whole
1: nother ball of wax. now this
0: starts to mess with somebody's career. Right.
1: Given the fact that Hickey was currently in the Navy and Megan was the child of, of a parent in the Navy, they were more than happy to take over the case. The Asian percent in the military is 16. I like it. That's right. So the NCIS investigation starts in February of 2008. By March of 2008, NCIS had finished their investigation and a court hearing date was pending. They do things a little differently in the military court system than they do um, outside of the court system. But it is important to know that Robert Hickey currently was not in jail. He was out. He was working on base just like normal. It was just a hearing that was pending.
0: Yep. On
1: April 10th, 2008, Chris came home from work around 4 o'clock in the afternoon and walked into a horrendous scene. Megan was lying on the floor covered in blood. She had been brutally assaulted, and it appeared that her throat had been cut. It was obvious that she had also been sexually assaulted. Chris immediately called 911, but it was too late. Megan, the bubbly teenage, graceful ballerina, was dead. Wow. Sergeant McDaniel McDaniel McDaniel. responded to the call of a murdered female. He knew it was a teenager. He walked into the scene, and he couldn't believe how brutal and awful the crime scene was. In fact, he didn't recognize the victim. He didn't know it was Megan until he walked out out the front of the house and saw Chris standing in the front yard. Wow. Megan had been stabbed more than 40 times, and she had been sexually assaulted. Of course, the first thing that everybody thinks is, where's Robert Hickey? Has he come and killed her to keep her quiet? Yeah. If this case had gone to trial and he'd been found guilty, he would have been sent to jail. He would have lost his job and he would have lost his military retirement. Yeah. So the NCIS unit gets a search warrant and they immediately go to Hickey's home. By the way, Hickey was married, and he had four daughters of his own. Wow.
0: Right. Shame on you for touching kids. Exactly.
1: While they searched his house for clues, agents took Hickey to the police station for questioning. He was very compliant. He gave a DNA sample to be compared to DNA found at the crime scene. He said he had been... At work when Megan was murdered, agents checked in with the naval station at his work re- and looked at his rec- work records mm-hmm. and scanned video for cars coming and going onto the base to see if they saw Hickey on camera. There were shoe prints at the crime scene where someone had walked through Megan's blood. A pair of shoes with similar prints were found at Hickey's house. Agents confirmed that Hickey had been at work the day of Megan's murder. Okay. They knew that there wasn't enough time for him to drive from Megan's house, uh, drive to Megan's house, rape and kill her, and make it back to the naval base in time from when he was on his break. Okay. So it was looking like maybe Hickey was innocent mm-hmm. of murder. The shoes they had from Hickey's house ended up not matching the prints from the crime scene. The DNA results came back and confirmed that Robert Hickey was not Megan's killer. Wow. His DNA did not match the DNA found at the crime scene. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That, to me, is just the craziest thing, that there's this pending lawsuit against this man for inappropriately touching Megan, and now she has been murdered and sexually assaulted. By somebody different. Sexually assaulted in such a way that it was obvious to people before they did an autopsy. That's not okay. So that is just bad. That's not good. That is not good. Mm-mm. not hard. Now what do you do, right? You're starting from... Yeah, you're starting from... Where Yeah, absolutely. Well, these NCIS people are very clever. Wow. I had no idea this was a thing, but there was going to be a candlelight vigil for Megan. Uh-huh. The community plan to plant a tree in her memory, NCIS created a granite marker, like a headstone, Uh to put by the tree that had audio and video capabilities built into it. Shut the front door. What year is this? This was in 2008. Good God. So just remember that when you go visit your loved one at the grave. But you might want to think about what you're saying. You're exactly Somebody right. Could I should.
0: Somebody. Could Somebody could is women. listening. Do not. All your shit in Fast. Don't talk about stuff you don't want people to know. Yeah. So there will. could be uh, some eyes and ears on you. you. I know it. Oh, my God. So they
1: were hoping that the killer would show up, of course, in course. But that didn't happen. Oh no. But still, though, it kind of It's swept clever. You <laughs> Very clever. Lover.
0: A little thought about what you might say to your Well, friends. and good for them. You can tell they're really trying to solve this oh, case if yeah. they oh, go yeah. to those kind of links.
1: Absolutely. So NCI- NCIS keeps working the case. They're able to determine that the blood sample they found at the crime scene. Seat- was from an unknown male. We know it's a male. Okay. They actually decided to send that sample off to a lab that could do biogeographical ancestry analysis. Oh my God! Well, that was back in 2008. That's impressive. They've come way, way far since then. But back, back then, it's a big deal. When they get those results back, they were stunned to find out that the sample belonged to an African American male. Oh. So in 2008, they weren't as advanced to do what they do now, uh-huh. you know, like where they go you know, through all of the genealogy and come up with potential relatives yeah. and all of that stuff. But it was a big deal that they had this. Okay, we've got, we know it's a black male. September of 2008, Megan's family decided to do a memorial walk for Megan. Okay. And Did they
0: put, pla- put cameras no. in the shoes. They had
1: no cameras in the shoes. Okay. but. But these memorial walks and vigils are so important, and people think it's just a way to keep somebody's memory alive. But when you have a cold case, you're getting people coming back together, yeah. talking about what happened, yeah. and you never know when somebody in the crowd might have a memory that they didn't tell anybody about. And it's new information. It could, it could bust the whole thing wide open. Well, something very similar to that happened on this vigil memorial walk. Yeah. The person that drove the bus, the school bus, that Megan took to the governor's school told detectives that they needed to look into another student that rode that same bus. Oh. I don't know how governor's schools or schools for the arts work around here, but I know how they work in Virginia. In Virginia, you typically have a high school student who you go to regular high school class. Uh huh. And they're probably advanced classes. right? Mm-hmm. And then for whatever thing you're gifted and talented in, mm-hmm. you then go to the governor's school. So what happens is a school bus comes from your district, and they pick up students at all different high schools. Yes. So it's not like you have a bunch of kids from the same high school in nope. class. It's from all different areas, applies all different schools. Yep. And that that's the type of bus that Megan was taking when she went to the governor's school. Okay. Sorry for the noise. That's okay. You're shaking cherries. I, I love flowering it. flowering
0: my cherries. Flowering
1: cherries so they settle even and they don't so, all fall to the bottom. That's
0: right,
1: girl. The student the bus driver mentioned, his name is Robert Barnes. Robert Barnes was a male African-American who attended the governor's school because he was an incredible violinist. Ooh, a like, violinist. They, they, I read the word savant several times. So. Oh, he was a junior in high school and he was sixteen years old. And he and Megan did not attend the same high school but had become friends while riding the bus. Yeah. I was in gonna fact, say. sometimes Robert would, would catch the bus with Megan from her house. Huh. Huh. The family knew him well. Aww. They would hung out together. There was nothing romantic there. They were just, you the know, friends. friends that rode the bus. They didn't hang out other than just riding the bus. It okay. Was, you know, so it's not like you would come over after school right. and whatever. It's just riding it the was, bus right. They were bus buddies. Yeah, no, friends. bus buddy. They were that, bus it was
0: buddies. a bus buddy. That's okay. right. Best
1: buddy, bus. Bus, bus, My bus buddy, bus bus buddy. Investigators decided, you know what, we need to do a little bit more investigation into Robert, which again, I love because leave no stone unturned. That's how it. they're approaching this investigation. Mm-hmm. Sergeant McDaniel sits down with Robert and talks to him a little bit, asks and just says, hey, you think I could get your DNA? And Robert said, you know what? I'm going to have to check with my mama oh. about that. Which is I don't probably like, I mean, what one of our kids would say when they were 16,
0: right? Yeah, I'm going to call my mama. I don't, just, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm more scared of her than anybody on the planet. <laughs> exactly. <plant. laughs> well, and I
1: don't think our kids would actually go into a room with a cop without having no. their mama there. No. Or somebody. They would have said, they're smart enough to say, uh, no. Yeah. I'm not going I'm not to be going answering questions there. until somebody else is here. <laughs> I'm going to need my mom here. Please. Exactly. exactly. You, you'll know
0: she's here when you hear those flip-flops coming
1: right down the hall. <laughs> the next day, Robert actually called Sergeant McDaniel and told him that he wanted to meet up because he had more information about Megan's case. Oh. Fantastic.
0: Yeah.
1: Sergeant McDaniel says, we'll come on to the police station and let's talk about it. Robert goes to the interview room, and Sergeant McDaniel asked Robert if he talked to his mom about the DNA sample. He said, no, um... I haven't had a chance to, but here, take this gum. I've got gum in my mouth. You can have my gum. Ew. <laughs> okay. Hang on, i got to make sure I don't skip a page like I don't did. Don't skip no
0: pages. I now <laughs> got the gum. You like, seriously? Right.
1: So, yeah, he's like, here, have some gum. Well, of course, Sergeant Dean says, thank you very much, because... Great DNA there. Yeah,
0: yeah. They
1: take that gum. They send it to forensics. Sergeant McDaniel gets a call from the lab, and I tell you, these these folks, and this is this all happened in Portsmouth, Virginia. Uh huh. And these folks are right on the money because they're getting their lab work back fast. They ain't playing. They are not playing. This DNA comes. The the oh, the. the uh, Oh, what's the lab? Technician. The lab technician calls and says, hey, we have a problem with this DNA. And Sergeant so Daniel's like, what could you possibly have a problem with the DNA? It's the guy's gum. No, it's probably the dog's gum. Uh, it was some girl's gum because it mm-hmm. came back as female. Yeah, good try, right. mister. And uh, Sergeant Daniel, he did. I saw an interview with him, and he was like, you know what? He did a bait and switch. Yeah. He switched out that gum, and I missed it. But... When you do that, guess well, what you do? You, you get my attention. Yeah. And you now get, I'm gonna focus all messages, Right. I'm gonna say, uh, now I'm gonna really focus my attention on You're you. gonna say, what you think about Willis? Right. On October twenty third, Sergeant McDaniel picks Robert up at school and takes him for another interview. Mm-hmm. At this point, the Portsmouth Police Department Let's the woman who had been leading the NCIS investigation know Ooh. that Robert is being brought in for questioning. Okay. Now, it's my understanding that she had gone out on maternity leave. So she had been gone for a while and she came back from maternity leave and then she had gone to a class in time. She was in a training class. Mm-hmm. But when she heard what was happening, she stepped out of that class. She got into her car, mm. and she high-tailed it from Georgia to Virginia. Wow, look at her. It She's was like, an eight-and-a-half-hour oh, trip, no, and she said, wait, I'm on the way. Good for her. I love that dedication. Mm-hmm. I just do. All right, they got Robert at the police station. They wait because his mama comes. <laughs> they get mama in the room. As and you say, do you know he's been doing that? <laughs> Robert proceeds to tell Sergeant McDaniel that Megan had asked him to ask, asked asked another sip of bourbon. Yes.
0: Mm. That'll sharpen those vowels And just, asked
1: asked. So go. Yeah. My God didn't ask him. I didn't ask. didn't ask him. I asked him to stop by um, on April 10th. Oh. He said he knocked on the door, but there was no answer. So, I mean, like you and I would do if there's no answer, we, he walked around and climbed into the window, <laughs> into no, a window and got into the house I that way. I feel
0: like I would have left a note and said, call me when you get home. Oh,
1: really? That's not what most people do. They don't break into a window and crawl into the house? Not typical. Wow. But, so he, I mean, gets not typical. The, he gets into the house and he goes to Megan's room. And he says, and there's Megan sitting on the bed with a guy, a dude. And the dude's got a mask on. And he's got a gun pointed at her. Come on. And this gun-faulty masked man (laughs) made me tie Megan up and rape her. Then he made me stab her. Come on, Robert. Well, you know, he's just as smart as they get. Well, of course. Of course we're going to believe that story. Yes. No. No. There was one set of footprints, one thing of DNA... And a thumbprint on a door. So that, no. No. We gotcha, dude. No. They decided uh, we're just going to go ahead and arrest him. <sighs> so they get a search warrant and they were able to finally get this DNA. Yeah. It only took eight hours, so that <gasps> eight hours, oh my gosh. that's it, for them to get the results of that DNA back. I'm telling you, whatever they're doing there in Portsmouth, Virginia, is are right and they
0: need to let people know what they're doing. It's
1: amazing. And it, it was 100% match. Oh my God. The jig is up. The jig Robert, is up. and listen, what are your mama saying? Right. The mama said, Is he being arrested? That's all she said. I've been like, And they said, Uh huh. Yep. Also, when they had been talking to Robert and said, There is a shoe print at the crime scene, Robert said, Oh, let me look at that print because it might be that one from my Nikes. I had Nikes on him, you know, when I left. I might have accidentally stepped in her blood. Okay. Well, yeah, it was that shoe. It was that damn shoe. Those damn Nikes. Yeah. In order to avoid a very painful court trial, Megan's parents agreed to a plea deal. They they just they didn't want to see the pictures of the crime scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that's a very difficult thing for families have to that have to go have to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, when they go to court and it's. It's, it's awful. terrible. It's awful. And a lot of times they find out things they didn't know before and yes. things they didn't want to know. And sometimes
0: they don't see crime scene photos until they're sitting in the courtroom. Right. right? That's That's just awful. They
1: just, they couldn't do it. As a matter of fact, this family, every, like the day they found Megan, they never went back into that house.
0: Oh, my gosh. I, don't, I mean, I can understand They put
1: that. in for a military transfer, Ugh. and the military transferred them to another state. Well, good for the military so they never, for
0: understanding. Right.
1: They never did anything. Robert Barnes was tried as a juvenile. He pled guilty to first-degree murder, attempted rape, of aggravated sexual battery. Why was it attempted? I don't know. I, like I don't you know succeeded. if that was a reduced charge. Maybe it was charged, reduced. Aggravated sexual battery. Abduction and statutory burglary. He was sentenced to 148 years in prison, mm-hmm. with all but 42 years of those suspended. I don't
0: understand that.
1: But he doesn't have the possibility of parole. I don't think the earliest he's eligible for parole is right. in 2045.
0: So he's getting 42 years essentially, right? But if he ever messes up, I think they get to add the They do. They'll get yeah. to add some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping that he messes up. Me Just too. Saying. Me too, because I don't want him out.
1: And he has—he has, it's, its 2021 now. Mm-hmm. He's—he has all of his appeals have been denied. He's done. He's there okay. are no more to be filed. Yeah, it's finished. So he—he he will be sitting there. And then just a follow up on you know in case you wondered whatever happened to that old Robert Hickey? I am trying to figure that out. Robert Hickey was dishonorably discharged from the military.
0: Oh, Robert, because he has a because he has a way.
1: Because he's a touchy-feely asshole that likes to touch little girls. In the interview that I saw, um, the detective said it was very obvious from what Megan told them that he had been grooming her. So he was a sexual predator. And for God's sakes, not only in the military, but he had four
0: daughters. That's crazy. Jiminy Crickets. I wonder if his wife stayed with him.
1: Uh, I don't know. I don't know. That's the end of my story, but I want to tell wow. you that we have a fan, and her name is Mary Beth, and she's the one that told us about this murder. Yes. So we want to thank Mary Beth for thank doing that. Thank you, Mary that. Beth. It was very sweet. I know. It's so sweet of her to send us a murder. It was. <laughs> and I got my information because this Robert Barnes was tried as a juvenile. Unfortunately, there were no court records for me to look at. Oh, yeah. But I did watch an episode of Forty Eight Hours NCIS to catch a killer. I didn't even know didn't there was know a thing either, but it was really good. Oh, well, there's a whole, look, look at There's some like episodes. I want to say there are two seasons on demand I love of Forty Eight Hours NCIS.
0: Well, I guess we were just asleep when that was happening. I guess. We must have been raising our babies or something.
1: Um, maybe. Yeah, I don't think so though, because I think these came out in 2017.
0: Oh, we just just weren't paying attention.
1: yeah, I think we were just there's too many other things to watch maybe. Who knows? So that's that's where I am. That's it. That's the motor.
0: That is I'm so sorry. I'm trying to It's so loud. It is, but okay, so um in this recipe Mm -hmm. you use, of course, cherries. Yeah. Okay, so you can get fresh cherries and pit them okay. yourself. nobody wants to do that. Unless you have a cherry pitter, which we do not. We do not. And Or you can get frozen cherries that are already pitted. Oh, that's the better way for us. Which is what I did. And then you have to thaw them and drain them of as much liquid as possible because oh. you don't want it to turn your whole thing blood red. No, no. And then, you know, I floured my cherries. Yes. I floured all but like a third of a cup. And then what you do is to make sure that they're really in there evenly. Right. You do a third. You do a third of a cup of your batter. A layer of cherries, flour cherries. A third of a cup cherries, and then batter. And then the final thing is you take the leftover ones that you didn't flour yet, right? And you slice them. Ah. And you get as much liquid out of them as possible, and then you put them on top.
1: Nice.
0: And then they bake up on top.
1: A cherry on top?
0: Yes, this is That's a cherry wonderful. on
1: top. Yes. wonderful. So yes. I love
0: it. I'm trying to bang that colander around a little bit to try and get these cherries not to be so wet. I understand.
1: Yes. Well, one one more thing I wanted to talk about on our, the part of the thing that made yesterday, or not our, our trip to Savannah. Yes. yes. So fun, is we found a podcast that we listen to. And if y'all are hearing any news reports or following... Following. Following. What the
0: heck? Well, we do live in South (laughs) Carolina. Are
1: following any of the news of these... They call them the Murdochs.
0: um, But they're not spelled the Murdochs, just by the way. It's spelled Murdaw,
1: And the the father is the one that's in a, a deep load of trouble right now. His first name is spelled A-L-E-S. A-L-E-X, when so but he goes by,
0: are you ready for this? Alec. And yes. the reason is because he thinks he is so powerful that he can just change phonics. You can't change phonics. And I'm saying you cannot change phonics. If you when be- Prudence Thorpe, she will tell him you don't do that. If you want to change phonics, change your name.
1: Yeah. Like, you have enough money, these people are... Oh, my gosh. Very, now very wealthy. But everybody's zaten. got
0: connections out the wazoo. Yeah. He, he probably wouldn't even have to go to court for it.
1: So, if y'all want to listen to the podcast, I would highly recommend it's, listening to Murda... Murders? Yes.
0: M-U-R-D-A-U-T-H, Murders. And this lady, this girl, this Mandy. person... Mandy. that does it, she's amazing. And her fiancé... Fiance, is the producer? He does a really good job. She is amazing. She's a journalist by trade, and so she's really good at journaling, journalism,
1: journalism,
0: journalism. <laughs> so, um, she's a great journalist. She's a she is a good journalist, and um, she's really good at. <laughs> digging and finding and calling people and getting like sources and getting not sources just and getting people to talk to her on the phone and not freaking out and dropping all of her notes and then not knowing what she was supposed to say. So she's really amazing to listen to. She is. I love her. She's great. She's yeah. great. She's gotten a lot of
1: um, negative feedback on the way she tells her story, but I was not bothered by it in the least No, not bothered by it in the least. No, we're not
0: bothered by by people's voices. She has a lot of connections in
1: that area of South Carolina. So she's getting really good information. And even more important, she's getting accurate information. And she reports on the facts. She does. She does not conjecture. Yeah, so go check her out if you have time. It's the Murdoch Murders
0: podcast. Yes. And I'm pretty sure she's on all platforms. She is, but she's... You can definitely find her on Apple and Spotify. We know that for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. So okay, well. Uh, I, I just popped my um, thing in the oven. Okay. Oh, are you making another drink? Uh, I'm just adding a little bit of ice. I didn't add as much ice to mine. I like of ice in my drinks. Yeah,
1: I do too. But, um,
0: also, just to make it look fuller because I'm almost done. Yeah, <laughs> I'm waiting for your face to start turning bread. Yeah, me too. But so far, it's good. Yeah.
1: All right, well, we're going to pause and switch yes. out positions. Yes, we are. Because, How long does your cake bake? Um, I, it would be nice if I had this. Yeah, out. I was
0: trying to gently
1: remind you to say, Tyler. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello, you
0: idiot. <laughs> um, it is going to bake for, it says, 65 to 80 minutes. Oh, wow.
1: So you'll be eating this tomorrow because I'm going to no. wait for it to get finished and
0: then you're going to go home. Oh, that's not nice. And I will just say... That I used our Killa vanilla in this recipe <gasps> because we have a small batch that's ready. Yeah. And we're actually going to start selling it very soon. Yes. We're going to take some pre orders because it is a small batch. Yep. And we're going to be two ounce bottles. Yes. And we haven't set a price yet. We have to do some um, calculating and figuring. Yeah. Got to get our. Fingers and toes out, and our abacus. And yeah, our abacus. Actually, <laughs> we
1: need to put
0: get some batteries for our abacus. You know what we can do? <laughs> yeah. So, but it's exciting because I put some Kela vanilla in this heaping. Oh, cake. I can't wait
1: to taste I it. I
0: know it's going to make it perfect. All right, well, All right, let's take a pause. Take a pause. Be right back. BRB. We're back. And we're back. We are indeed. All right. Well, there's um twenty four ish minutes, but I think it's going to be a need a little bit more time. Oh. So. Yeah. We'll check it. We'll keep checking. But it looks fun. It looks fun with all the turries. (gasps) Very excited. I'm very excited. Me too. So I have a murder. Let's talk about your murder. This is one hell of a murder. I'm just going to tell you. All right. So I saw a show on, I think it's ID Discovery, called The Devil Speaks. The Devil Speaks. I saw the end of the show. Didn't see the beginning of the show. But it was so freaking crazy, I had to look into it. And it's crazy. Oh,
1: God, I can't wait to hear it.
0: All right. So, this is the story of Billy Staten or Staten, but it's only one, it's S T A T O N. So, that to me is Staten, but it could be Staten, but it's Billy for sure. (laughs) And Leticia or Leticia, but she goes by Letty, thank God. Her last name is Castro. Okay. This is in July of 1982 in Lafaria, Texas. Okay. All right. Get this straight. Um, I wish I had a whiteboard because I might need to whiteboard this for you. Well,
1: um, it's not going to help our listeners. A whiteboard is not going
0: to help. Okay. Listeners, picture a whiteboard. Okay. You got Billy. He married Sherry. Okay. Okay. Their marriage broke up. The product of that marriage is baby Melanie okay okay Sherry married Paul Wolf and became Sherry Wolf okay okay they lived with Melanie on Paul's farm all Got right it? okay Billy is engaged to Letty mm-hmm. and I have her name as Castro in one place and Cordova in the other so I wonder what her name is oh wow <laughs> Water, what wonder! I water. I I wonder.
1: We just we, sometimes we mess the names up. I'm telling you,
0: it happens. But so Billy's engaged to Letty Castro. Okay. Letty Castro is an elementary school teacher. Mm Mm-hmm. And they are going to be married on August 7th. Gotcha. Sherry and Billy shared custody of Melanie. Billy gets Melanie every other weekend. Mm Mm-hmm. Sherry really wants full custody of Melanie. Okay. Um, and he wants more visitation with Melanie. So they're in kind of a custody tussle. Oh, yeah. 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 So the Wolves, I don't want to say the Wolves because they're not Wolves. No. It's the Wolves. The Wolves. Okay. They accuse Billy of being aggressive and confrontational when he comes to pick up Melanie. Mm-hmm. And he also, they said he also often... Melanie doesn't want to go with him, but Billy makes her go anyway, and they don't like it. She cries when he shows up. Paul says that she wakes up crying at night, saying, I don't want to go with Billy and Letty," because she calls Billy, Billy, not Dad. She calls Paul,
1: Dad. Oh, my.
0: Right. So Sherry also told Paul that she thinks Melanie was being sexually abused, and that's why Melanie cried every time Billy came to get her. Oh, well. Sherry had gone to court and asked for a liaison to come for the exchange times. Right. Um, because there was so much animosity growing between the couple. Like she when he would come up, like Sherry wouldn't even speak to him right. at all. And Paul had to handle everything. It, it was just a mess. Right. It was a real mess. Sounds like it. Yes. Billy said that the conflict was usually instigated by Sherry and Paul. But oh. they were the problem, not Billy. Yeah. A lot of finger pointing. It's a lot of he said, she said. Yeah, it sounds like it. So the judge actually denied the request for the liaison. Oh. And pretty much said... Um, Figure it out. Y'all need to be adults. Wow. Just be adults. Billy consults with his attorney, and his attorney says, try to record any exchanges you have, like when you go over or when you talk to mm-hmm. them or whatever. Just try to record it so that you can show that you're non-confrontational if she takes continues to take you back and forth. Okay and re, you know document stuff like that typical attorney says mm-hmm. get it written down get it recorded whatever you can do to show your side of things right so on July 16th Billy is supposed to pick up Melanie but the next day the relatives of Billy and Letty become alarmed and they call Sherry because they don't know where they are where who are Billy and Letty and they knew it was Billy's weekend to have Melanie Oh, okay. So they call Sherry and say, what time did Paul, what time, mm-mm, mm-mm, Billy, what time did Billy pick up Melanie? Right. And Sherry said he never showed up and he never freaking called. Oh, dear. Yeah, She's mad. Irritated. Relatives end up reporting them missing to the police. Oh, like the day goes on and then the night comes, and it's like, we still don't know where they are. They're not answering their phones. Some people joked around and were like, well, maybe they just eloped because, you know, Billy didn't want to put that tux on. Right. You know, that kind of stuff. But relatives close to them said they would not have eloped. It's too close to their wedding. They right. paid for all the vendors. Right. So police went and talked to Sherry and Paul, and they both told the same story. You know, they didn't show up. We didn't hear from him. He didn't show up. We don't know what's happening to him. And by the way, he's an asshole. Right. So weeks go by and some people were convinced that they had just run off and gotten married. But but the relatives were like, okay, let's say they went and eloped. They'd be home by now. Right. Like Billy has a job. He was a construction foreman. Right. And Sherry was getting ready. Letty. Letty was getting ready to start back to school. The right. bourbon is twisting the tongue. I hear you, but, but I still got my senses. I got I know, you. I'll I know keep you, you on do. track. Yes. All right. I'm gonna take this up. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Good stuff. The relatives feel like something nefarious has happened. Oh, nice I word. Love that word. Nefarious. <laughs> a few weeks go by, and a, there's a crop duster pilot. Oh. And he's crop dusting, doing his thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he's turn. He turns around to head back home, mm-hmm. and he sees in a drainage canal a car, right, halfway submerged, oh. hidden by these like tall grasses. But oh. the way it's submerged looked like weird. Like the front end was submerged, and the back end is sticking up. Oh, he's like, that's odd. So he lands and he calls nine one one and goes, "Y'all need to check out this car. It's weird looking." <laughs> he said, "It looks abandoned to me." but um, it just the way that it's like county wampus looks a little weird. So, of course, police go out, and they look at the vehicle. They actually have to have it towed out before they can even look at it because it's so far into the grasses. Wow. And um, it's Billy's car. Oh, no. And inside Billy's car, there's this big, large rock resting on the accelerator.
1: Oh, so no. So it doesn't look
0: good for Billy and Letty. No. They open the trunk, but it's empty. Oh, okay. Sure. It's like a Trans Am looking car. Nobody's in the trunk. Nothing's in the trunk. Just a rock on the accelerator. Yes, this big old rock on the accelerator. So once the car is found, the Texas Rangers get involved. Oh,
1: here they come.
0: And they want to speak again with Paul. to go back and say, maybe we need to talk a little bit more right. about what you know. So this time, he tells a completely different story. Uh-oh when he goes to the police station on August 6th, the day before Billy and Lenny are supposed to get married. So he says that Billy was late coming to pick up Melanie. Uh
1: Uh-huh.
0: Sherry got frustrated waiting for him and left and took Melanie to her mom's because they had plans for that night. Okay. He said when Billy arrived and was told that Melanie was not there, Billy exploded in a rage and attacked Paul with a metal bar. Oh, my. And in the scuffle, Paul was able to disarm Billy, but ended up beating him in the head with said bar. Oh, no. And then he said that Letty had been in the car and had heard the fight and came running in and attacked him with a hammer. Oh, no. And he was also able to disarm her. Of course. And then accidentally beat her in the head with it. Oh. And and she died. It's oh, like I'm no. beating her in the head and she just died. Oh wow. Yeah. The nerve of her to die. I, I don't know. Whilst she just died while being beaten upon the head with a pipe hammer, a hammer. Hammer. At the same time that Paul was at the police station confessing, a private eye that had been hired by Billy's family went out and they were searching all the canals near where the car was found. Yeah. And in a Canal nearby, mm-hmm. they find Letty's body. Oh, letty. Yes. They find her body the day before her wedding, which I think is so tragic. I mean, it's just that date just keeps like, blah, I don't know. Like all yeah, of that. It's like, blood's in my face. Oh my gosh. While that's happening, Paul told police, I will lead you to where Billy's body is not knowing that they had found Letty's body oh, already. Oh god. Gotcha. He leads them out, Paul leads the police out to where Billy is found lying in another drainage canal. There's lots of canals in this town. Yeah, it sounds lots like and it. lots of them. Right, him. right. Um, he is submerged in about 3 inches of water and he is very badly de- decomposed. <laughs> de-composed. <laughs> decomposed. And that's because he's in water and it's Texas in August. Right. No. As they're pulling his body out, um, Billy's shirt kind of slips up. You know, they're like hoisting the body out. Billy, his shirt comes up, and lo and behold, there is a tape recorder taped around his midriff on his stomach. Bless his heart. Yes. The device, of course, is completely submerged in water. Of course. So they carefully remove it, and they send it to the FBI lab and the lab was miraculously able to get the device to work oh. and they were able to restore the cassette tape wow that's when amazing the, it's a miracle a, a miracle. Sorry, miracle it was a, a miracle, miracle, miracle in texas That, it, that he was badly descomposed, <laughs> but the tape recorder was not descomposed. <laughs> <laughs> a, miracle. a miracle it's a descomposed miracle my god i know then When investigators listened to the tape, it told a completely different story from what Paul had told. He told a tall tale. A tall tale. He told a tall tale. (laughs) (laughs) What up, Bourbon? Okay, so here we go. It actually had recorded from the time Billy and Letty had pulled up in Billy's car Mm -hmm. to the wolf's Mm
1: -hmm. house
0: Mm -hmm. until after... Billy's body had been dumped into the canal.
1: No way.
0: The whole thing on tape. That's kind of creepy. Just crystal clear. It is very, it's very not okay. Because I I heard parts of the tape. Oh, golly. mm -mm. So here's what the tape reveals. Billy and Letty pull up. Recorder's turned on. Billy says to Letty, I'll be right back, baby. Going to get Melanie. He jumps out of the car. He goes into Sherry and Paul's house. Sherry, Paul and Melanie are all there. Mm. That's not what Paul said. That's not what Sherry said either. Right. And at first, Melanie starts to cry immediately Mm -hmm. and says, I don't want to go with you. And very calmly... Billy talks to her mm-hmm. and says, we're going to go out on the boat. We're going to have a picnic. We're going to play in the water. Letty's packing us a picnic and we're going to all go out and have so much fun. And she stops crying. Mm-hmm. And then she says, where's Letty?" And he said, well, she's waiting in the car. And she said, I'll go. Oh. So she wants to go. So the next thing that you hear on the tape are three fuds. Oh. Uh. And then groaning. Oh. And Melanie screaming. Oh, God! Screaming. Then Sherry is heard saying, Sherry, oh. Sherry, the mother of this child. Right. Get him up and getting out of here, out the front door, and hit him again. <gasps> Evil woman. You hear five more thuds mm. and more groaning. Mm. Then Paul is heard calling the name Glenn. 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 with two ends. Okay. I mean, they mean it. Oh, yeah. Next, you hear Billy's body being loaded into his trunk. The trunk of his car? Yes. Into the trunk of the car. Where's late? I'm going to tell you. As Billy's, as, as Billy's bodies. <laughs> <mm-mm>. <laughs> as Billy body. <laughs> no, I'm going to do it one more time. I'm going to get this okay. one. Three times a charm. As Billy's body is being (laughs) driven to the canal, you can hear his shallow breathing and gurgling sounds. So he's still alive. But you hear him dying. Aw, I mean, it's just, it's really, it's really hard. That's bad. To listen to it. Yeah. But bless his heart. Also, while the tape recording is telling a story. Yeah, I mean, it is telling a story. Okay. The tape recorder is telling a story, but it's not a complete one. But No. What happened to Letty? What happened? And who the flipping hell is Glenn? Who is Glenn? Don't, don't, do With two ends. Well, investigators are able to find Glenn Henderson, who's a friend of Paul and Sherry. Mm-hmm. Glenn is said to be of low IQ and easily manipulated. Okay. Police interview Glenn, and he gives a full confession. Doesn't take him but a minute. Oh, Yep. All they
1: needed to do was ask. They just need to ask.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So he said Paul and Sherry had started trying to convince him to help get rid of Billy and Letty about a month before it actually happened. I mean, what did these
1: people think was going to happen? Once they killed these two, like everything's going to be hunky-dory.
0: They're never going to catch us. No. Because we're so gosh darn smart. Very smart. These people are, they think they're so smart. They are not that smart. (sighs) Yeah. And then... Okay. I mean, can I just point out? You can. That they killed that man in front of that baby. In front of the baby, yeah. He was actually kneeling down in front of her. Oh, my God. Kneeling down on her level to talk to her. And, and okay, I'm going to get to that. Okay. I'm just going to get to it. All right. So, anyway, Sherry and Paul had spoken with him about three times about their plan. Uh Mm Uh-huh. Finally, one day, Paul came up, and Glenn wasn't having anything. He was like, Mm-mm, this doesn't sound like something I should participate in. Right. Paul came over one last time, man to man, and convinced Glenn to be a, quote, be a good friend. Wow. We need you, Glenn. We need you to be a good friend. I am a bad friend. And Glenn said, okay, I'll be a good friend. So he was able to actually verify what the tape revealed, everything. Right. And um lest anybody think it was faked <laughs> lest, lest because I'm a journalist. Of course. So he said that Paul actually snuck up on Billy while he was kneeling down in front of Melanie talking to her. Mm. Billy had a metal pipe waiting in the corner when when Paul had a metal Paul had a okay. metal pipe. Glenn said Mm -hmm. Paul had a metal pipe waiting in the corner, and that's what he used. Mm -hmm. He said Paul also had hidden a hammer outside in the bushes to use on Letty. Oh, my gosh. Um, Once Billy was down, Mm -hmm. Paul went out to the car, jumped in the car with Letty, and started strangling her. Oh, my gosh. With his hands. About that time, Glenn followed behind. He was hesitant, but he went out because he knew he had a job. Right. And Glenn yells at him, get the hammer. Oh. And so he gets the hammer. No. no, Paul yelled at Glenn to get the hammer. People, let me tell you something. (laughs) Don't take what I'm saying (laughs) as, as the gospel, because even though I have gone through meticulously and read documents and documents and newspaper articles and written it down exactly the way it's supposed to be, I am not able to communicate it to you probably in the way that you need to understand it. It's fine. It's like I tell everybody in my life, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. That's why we're here, to help each other. (laughs) You know what I mean. I speak Karen. So just go on what you know I mean and not what I'm actually saying. Come on. Okay. So so. Paul says, Glenn, get the hammer. Get the hammer. Glenn grabs the hammer and runs over and Paul says hit Letty in the head with it. Oh and no. so Glenn hits her in the head. Oh god. Oh. And then they throw her in the back seat. Glenn. And she's either in the back seat or in the passenger seat. I'm not sure, but she is she's done. She's done. Own. Glenn does what Paul says. And then Paul drove Billy's car to the the side yard so that they could load Billy into the trunk. Okay. Okay. So that's why you hear Billy getting hit the second time. And then you don't really hear anything until you hear his body being dumped. Right. Because the recorder was on his stomach and you can't hear what's happening to Letty. Right. First they go out and they dump Letty. And this is what's really disturbing. When they pull her out of the car, she is still alive.
1: Oh, God.
0: So Paul gives Glenn a shotgun and tells him to shoot her in the head. (gasps) Glenn does what he is told. Oh, no. And you can hear the shot on the tape recorder. Oh, no. Next, they take Millie to a different canal. By the time they get him to the canal, he is dead. Right. From from what they can tell. Yeah, yeah. And they dump him. Right. And now they have to take the car to yet another canal. They're very busy with these canals. Yeah. I'm thinking, shut the damn canals down because they're trouble. Yeah. They're just trouble. Trouble. Paul had brought a large rock Uh and he put the rock on the accelerator, right? Yeah. And then threw it into drive and jumped out of the car. Like the Dukes of Hazzard. Right. <laughs> yes. He expected it to take off and fly across the... Because that's what th- it does on TV. Because that's what he says on the TV. <laughs> but I put, duh, duh. physics. <laughs> <laughs> and it might be a word that Paul's unfamiliar with. Correct. <laughs> so between the tape recording mm-hmm. and the confession of Glenn, police round up all three assholes. They charge them all with first degree murder, but Glenn, the first one to talk. Gets the deal. Gets the deal. He gets the deal. He's only charged with the murder of Letty. Mm -hmm. Okay. Even though he was present and he knew everything that was happening with Billy and Letty. Right. He (laughs) shot the last shot. He hit her in the head with a hammer, but he he pulled the trigger on that last shot that ended her life. In that deal, he has to agree to testify against the other two. Of course. Yep. He gets life. And in Texas, life means no parole until you've served at least 40 years. At 40 years, you can start coming up for parole. All right. Paul, the guy that doesn't understand physics. Right. Right. He tries to claim insanity because he doesn't (laughs) understand insanity either. Okay. Ain't nobody buying that shit. Right. So he's convicted of two first-degree murders. Good. Two. Good. He got two life sentences, right? Two right. life. Two life. Two life. And I think they run consecutive, consecutive. I think. I didn't see anywhere, but there were articles that said he won't get out of prison. Right. Because it's going to be a long time before he's even up for parole. Sherry is convicted of the murder, for the murder of Billy, even though she helped plan the murder of Letty. Letty. They only convicted her for the murder of Billy because once Billy had been hit and draw and hit the second time, right? Because Melanie wouldn't stop screaming mm-hmm. at the fact that this man is being violently bludgeoned to death in front of her and she's two. Right. Sherry takes her into another room. Okay. So she doesn't witness them going out and going for, to Letty. for Letty. Okay. So gotcha. she gets um she gets life and I read an article, one article that said that somebody thought she had been paroled in 2019. I would be very upset if that was true because that's not, is that enough? It happened in 82. What's 40 years? 2022. Right. Why would she get out in 2019? Um, it could be a COVID related thing. You Girl. never know. Yeah. I'm going to check your case. Okay, thanks. So I did read in a 2011 article that... That she was, she's in, she was in this women's unit of a prison, a maximum security prison. Right. But she was participating in one of those programs where you train dogs for, for veterans. Oh,
1: okay.
0: Um, so that tells you that she probably had, like, was a very well-behaved prisoner. Right. Because if she wasn't well-behaved, then they would not have let her participate in that. Right. And Glenn is still in prison so far. He's not. He's not up for parole yet, but what happened to Melanie?
1: Bless her heart, because now these idiots have made it so she's got no parents.
0: Yeah, what a brilliant plan! What a brilliant plan! Well, they're not. She had four people that loved her. Right now, because she's got none of those, zero, zero of those people.
1: Zero. And she
0: has burned into her memory the 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 murder, the of, murder, her murder of her father. Right. So she ends up being raised by Sherry's parents. Oh, I don't like that. I don't either, but, but whatever. And the last time, the last article that I read about her is she actually was trying to write a book uh-huh. called 23 Minutes to Die. Oh, because that's exactly how long it took for her dad That was to 23 die. minutes of him dying. Wow. And so, um, she was writing that book, and but I don't know if she ever finished the book, right? She wanted to write the book and have it turned into a show. Yeah. But um I, I didn't see anywhere I saw excerpts from the book. Oh, okay. But I never saw that she finished it. Maybe she did. Maybe you can look it up. Twenty three minutes to die. I'll see if I can find something. She was going by the pen name Annie. I don't know if she changed her name or if she was just trying to be clever. That that's the story of Twenty Three Minutes to Die. Wow, that is insane. And that's the story of the tape recorder murder. Wow! And if if Billy had not had that tape recorder on him, I don't know they would have solved it. I know that's insane. Yeah, I don't know that they would have solved wow. it. But It was a, that was the craziest story. So yeah, that is insane.
1: Yeah. Well, so, there you go. Well, we've got gosh. a little bit more time to get that cake done, so we're going to take a pause and take care of my dog. Yeah,
0: because he then seems we're to have some back type of and an issue. Wrap it up. So wrapping up.
1: Hold. Oh, on. I'm going to drink some more bourbon. Oh, yeah. Please hold. All right. We're back, and we have got the most oh. glorious, beautiful pound cake to taste. I cannot Guys, wait. Guys, this
0: thing is really an easy pound cake, and it's made in a loaf pan. A loaf pan is A so loaf fun. pan. I forgot to tell you, and I love that because then, tomorrow morning, when I get up with my coffee, and yes. I'll be able to slice a little slice off, put some butter on it, and toast yes. it. You're not getting oh, any control. No. None. You're getting zero, you get zero. Because you're being so rude tonight. <laughs> it's cool, Lynn, so let's just talk about our social media real okay, quick. Okay, what do you want to tell us? I want to tell us about
1: our emails. Oh, it's very popular. We get all kinds of emails. From you, all would kinds of- you would
0: not believe it. the stuff in our email <laughs> these oh, days. Lord, oh I'm my wealthy. gosh. If we told you you wouldn't even believe it. No. I mean, no. seriously. No. It's crazy. We live a crazy life. Yes, we do. Our email address is (laughs)
1: murder.sugarcoated at gmail.com. Yes. Murder.sugarcoated
0: at gmail.com. And we have social media, and it's, well, I already said (laughs) that. It's Instagram. Yes. We've got the Insta in the Gram. Yes. And that is at sugarcoatedmurder. murder. got lots of friends there. We have reached over a thousand thirty followers. Wow. Look at so, that. It whoop, whoop, look I know. At us. And just so y'all know, our Twitter account is blowing up. We actually trended globally the other Yay. day with one of our tweets. We're real Twitters. Yes, we tweeted about um this kid person. that was missing in Littleton, Colorado. His name is Micah Boyd and he was missing and guess what? He, he got, got found. found but Yay. before he got found I had put a tweet out and asked all sorts of people to please pass it along and all this kind of stuff. And it went, it trended globally. I love it. I know. And then he was found. And I'm not saying I had anything to do with that whatsoever because I didn't. No. But how fun. It was very fun. It was very fun. Yes. So right now, I'm hoping that we have another one of these trends because there's another guy that's missing in Arizona, and we really need him to be found. And his name is Daniel Robinson, and he's a geologist. Yeah. And he, um, his dad lives in Greenville, South Carolina, and we need him found. So um, if you go to us on Twitter, we're called at Sugar Murder, uh-huh. <laughs> and if you find us and follow us, that'd be great. And then you'll see I do put. I put his stuff out on Facebook and Instagram too, but right, I'm given the big. I'm getting the biggest response right now on Twitter with these missing oh, that's persons. Great. Yeah. so
1: we do have a Facebook fan page. Yes, um, you can find us on Facebook at Coated Murder Podcast.
0: Guys, we have over 170 of our closest friends and on there. I feel there. like we've been
1: stuck at 170, and then somebody gets. Like offended, or they're like, Oh, I don't know. And Something they, happens, and then they, they drop out. But come then back. we
0: get another person, and it's like, Ha ha, we got another person. Exactly. It's okay. We're all good. We don't care.
1: mean It means it's We're in good to cut it. now.
0: Yes. All right, well, so we're so going to taste this pound cake. Yeah, so, uh, when I took it out, just so y'all know, I let it cool for 30 minutes, and then I dusted it with powdered sugar yeah
1: malicious
0: but i think instead of dusting the whole thing with powdered sugar i think what i should have done was slice it and then dusted the slice with powdered sugar
1: oh right yeah because the powdered we'll just, sugar disappears
0: Yeah, it will disappear by tomorrow yeah so um we'll just redust. we'll,
1: we'll redust. a lot of dusting. there'll be a lot of dust in. i know so, so yeah
0: let me try to yeah get this and put
1: on a i can't wait plate. Oh my God, this is Mm, so
0: buttery. It is yummy. Yes, got to stick a bottle
1: in it. I have to be honest with you. I've never had a dessert or anything that's got a frozen fresh cherry in it, like a whole cherry. I've had a cherry flavored something. But I haven't had one with just cherries.
0: I'm so glad that I used I was these. in a cherry pie. Yeah, but I'm glad I used these cherries um, that beautiful. were frozen. Beautiful. It is a really beautiful slice. When you slice it, it's gorgeous, guys. It's beautiful. I can see this being a holiday dessert because
1: right. well, of the cherries. Talking, I'm going to
0: eat. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Oh God, it's
1: so good, y'all! This is really good, guys. It's so good.
0: It's very good. If okay. you want the
1: recipe, send us an email. We'll yes, of course
0: we will, and then you can send us pictures um when you make it, all or just make it and send it to us. All that we ask is that you stay sweet and don't murder. If you murder, we will talk about you, and I will get your name wrong. If it you is you guaranteed. People, oh no. And if you kill people, we'll even talk worse about you. And I will call you all the wrong names. Guaranteed. Okay, guys, we love you. Have a great week. Bye now. Bye. This has been Sugar Coated Murder Podcast, a deliciously entertaining true crime podcast. Like what you heard? You can always explore past episodes by visiting sugarcoatedpod.com. Don't forget to like our Facebook fan page and share with friends. Thanks for listening to sugar-coated murder podcast. Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.